good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. So we'll start off as we do with the daily COVID numbers, which has seen the fewest new COVID cases for seven weeks. Thailand logged 12,583 new COVID-19 cases, the fewest since July 21, and 132 more fatalities during the previous 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry announced on Monday morning. There were 12,420 cases in general population and 163 among prison inmates. On Sunday, 16,304 COVID-19 patients were discharged from hospital after recovering from the coronavirus. So as you can see, the numbers are definitely on the way down. Things are looking good. The future is looking bright. And let's hopefully see this is going to drop well below 10,000 in the next week or two. Now our first story of the day, Chiang Mai set to open. From Phuket to Koh Samui, the country is nervously navigating its way to a reopening of the tourism industry. Chiang Mai could be next to roll out its carpet to welcome back visitors near and far. However, obstacles stand in the way of tourism resuming, for Chiang Mai faces various challenges from under-vaccination to tourist segmentation. COVID-19 has brought the province, long dubbed the Rose of the North, to an economically painful standstill for more than a year. Chiang Mai's world of tourism, which injects more than 100 billion baht into the local economy annually, has been turned upside down. It was natural to expect the province to follow in the sandbox footsteps of Phuket and Samui. A successful tourism reopening takes effective planning, a collective will of the authorities and people to comply with strict public health surveillance measures as well as the ability to learn from the sandbox programs in Phuket and Samui. The province is one of seven major destinations to pilot the sandbox project. Its participation is made unique by a specially coined theme of Charming Chiang Mai. The Chiang Mai Tourism Sandbox capitalizes on what the province is known best for, traditions, cultures and nature, according to Governor Sharon Sakunrat. What all sandbox destinations have in common is a basic requirement that foreign visitors must be fully vaccinated. They cannot start exploring straight away, but must be confined to their rooms for several days at hotels where they are subject to swab tests. A COVID-19 negative result will let them take part in select sealed route sightseeing trips. The Chiang Mai's reopening was tentatively scheduled for October 15th, although the time frame looked precarious following a flare-up of COVID-19 infections nationwide a few weeks ago in the current third wave. A requisite for reopening is that at least 70% of locals have to be vaccinated and four districts, Muang, Meirim, Meiteng and Doi Dao, were chosen for the local sandbox model. They are closer to hitting the 70% vaccination target than anywhere else in the province. Local tourism service providers joining the Sandbox program must be Safety and Health Administration certified, that's SHA. We mustn't forget that the Sandbox program focuses on the foreign tourists who account for 30% of Chiang Mai's tourism. Remaining 70% is filled by local tourists. A plan has been in making, the governor said, as he envisaged local tourism operators gearing up their business towards highs at the end of this year to harness the high tourism season. However, the plan was derailed with fewer vaccines than expected had arrived, compounded by an escalation of the pandemic back in July. Now the plan is being reviewed in light of lower daily COVID caseload numbers nationwide. The provincial authorities are keeping a close watch on the emergence of new local clusters of infections spread by office workers to households and the wider communities. 
With the general outbreak situation in Chiang Mai appearing to stabilize, October 1 has been set as the date for the charming Chiang Mai launch, the governor said. We are prioritizing the health and safety of the people here. Vaccination progress and infection rates are constantly reviewed. The four model districts provide a benchmark for when reopening can get underway. If the province is not ready to open by October 1, sealed areas or establishments such as restaurants, spa shops and golf courses will resume business first and customers must be fully vaccinated. Even in the four districts, only areas which meet health and safety standards can reopen, he said. Dr. Dutchtai Menorah, chief of the Chiang Mai Provincial Health Office, said the province targets inoculating 1.25 million people. So far, 38% of them have been vaccinated. Mr. Palop said some 1,000 foreign visitors from Europe may return to Chiang Mai if the province reopens as planned in October. That would be an encouraging first step for tourism stimulus, he said. The conditions for foreign nationals taking part in the charming Chiang Mai program include being vaccinated for at least 14 days prior to arrival, having taken out COVID-19 insurance worth at least $100,000 of coverage and having paid for a package tour. Others are that hotel accommodation and an RT-PCR test must be secured beforehand through the SHA Plus booking system. Tourists will be tested for COVID-19 where they are staying. They will be able to go on a tour only if the test comes back negative. Mr. Wallap said wide-ranging packages tours will be on offer for families. Others will target visitors to spas and medical tourism. Three tourism programs are arranged for foreign tourists. A short visit of five days is for people playing golf who travel back and forth between the golf course and the hotel. A medium-length visit extending up to 14 days includes an itinerary to see specific places in Chiang Mai. A third type of visit is for people from the Phuket Sandbox who have spent seven days in the island province and travel onward to Chiang Mai where they would tour for another seven days. In the first phase of its relaunch, the Chiang Mai Sandbox is expected to pull tourists from Singapore, Malaysia, South Korea, Japan and Thailand. Taiwan, which are the traditional pre-COVID markets for the province. Visitors from other countries such as China and those in Europe are likely to return later. The Chiang Mai Sandbox will be assessed by the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration later this month. This project strikes me as very odd. The packages seem to be just for tours only, which makes me think that you still have to stay in your hotel because the way it spoke about the golf was that you would have to book your hotel I guess you'd fly to Chiang Mai, then you'd be transferred to your hotel, and then you could only go to the golf course, play around the golf, and then come back and still have to stay in the hotel. And the rest of it seems very similar too. It looks like it's quarantine for... 14 days in Chiang Mai but you're allowed to do different kind of tours and package tours around the the sealed routes that you'll be in. So you won't have free reign of Chiang Mai, you'll be kept in certain specific areas. Now again this is quite similar to the problems that Hua Hin are facing. 70% of Chiang Mai's business is local domestic tourism. So do you want to alienate that? If you create rules for foreigners who are vaccinated coming from abroad, then the logic says you need to create rules for the domestic tourists coming inside too, because, well, what's the difference? As I said before, the greatest threat to people is Thai on Thai in relation to COVID. It's not foreigners coming from abroad because we've seen the numbers in Phuket very, very low in in relation to uh, COVID positive patients or travelers. So I'm not quite sure if this is actually another good move for this province or city. It seems to me that they're trying to grab some kind of international tourism, but keep all the other stuff and have it like as an extra add-on. But you have to remember that a lot of people will be put off by all these tests and having to be fully vaccinated. And I'm talking about domestic tourists because it looks like domestic tourists 
no matter where they go in Thailand right now, need to have a rapid antigen test and need to be fully vaccinated. And those two things alone are a deterrent for Thai people at the moment. So I'm not quite sure what Chiang Mai are up to. I think a lot of businesses may step back and look at this and go, yeah, this is quite similar to Hua Hin. They don't want to get involved in this either because they know where their money comes from. And it's not really coming from international. It's more coming from domestic. Now, also the countries that they seem to be targeting, Singapore, South Korea, Japan, Taiwan, Malaysia. Singapore have quarantine on return for people. So does South Korea. And it's very hard to get the exemption. So you don't have to do quarantine going back into South Korea. Japan as well and Taiwan, they all have strict entry requirements for their citizens or anybody else. So I'm not quite sure how they studied up who would actually be coming because I don't believe any of these people would be. I mean, you're hardly going to fly from Korea to Chiang Mai for five days to play a few rounds of golf and then to have to quarantine when you get back home for 14 days. That makes no sense at all. The logical people to target would be people coming into the sandbox. But even still, if you have to quarantine only in your room when you get to Chiang Mai and do only certain packages to be able to kind of release from your room and you've spent seven days in Phuket where you're roaming the island and having a great time and there's no restrictions for you within Phuket province, why would you go to Chiang Mai? doesn't make any sense at all. The whole project seems rather strange and it doesn't have really very clear details. We're on the 14th of September. I mean, it's meant to be starting in two and a half weeks, but this is just like the Phuket sandbox. Everything is last minute. Nothing's even planned out. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Of course, when you're in Thailand after a while, you start to realize that there's no logic to a lot of the things that are done here. But this is another thing that has no logic to it. Where's the set of SOPs so people from abroad can study up? Where are the packages that we can see what you're offering? Nothing. Two and a half weeks to lay open and they've nothing done. But I really don't think anybody's going to be too interested, even though Chiang Mai is a very nice city and it's beautiful areas around. I mean, I actually enjoy going to Chiang Mai myself and I hope to be going there maybe next month to visit if, you know, flights from Phuket get a little bit better. It's, you know, at the moment, uh, Air Asia, who used to fly maybe twice, three times a day, have one flight every two to three days next month. I'm not quite sure will that get better maybe in a November. It all depends on demand and the entry requirements going into each of these provinces as well. So yeah, it's all a bit up in the air at the moment. It's kind of what I would expect at this stage, complete disorientation in relation to any of it. But it's not going to inspire confidence among tourists thinking of coming to Thailand either. I don't know what you're going to think about all this, but I'd love to know down below in the comments section. And up next, next two weeks key to October easing. The next two weeks will be crucial for weather to ease more restrictions on businesses and activities, says an advisor to the Center for COVID-19 Situation Administration. Dr. Udam Kanchanathorn said the CCSA will not ease all activities on September 15th to make sure the situation is still under control. The government made some initial steps back to normality on September 1, which experts say could result in a rise of infections as people come back into contact with each other. Dr. Udam said the fall in daily cases to 15 thousand seen recently is a result of the lockdown imposed from July 20 and vaccinations. The lockdown easing from September 1 has flattened the downward trend and cases will begin to rise, so we must rely on the public's precaution and universal prevention measures. State agencies and the private sector must conduct random tests every week, Dr. Udom said. A good proportion of people having had two shots of vaccine has not always brought infection rates down, as have been seen in America and European countries. 
So this is the Doctor of Gloom, who basically is warning people that the infections are more probably going to go up rather than going down, which we have been looking at for the last couple of days, because people now are more mixing together back in shopping malls, you know, back in their gym, back in restaurants and stuff like that. Generally, what we've seen in parts of Europe is when they do start to go down and people go out that the testing normally slows completely down and we don't see too many cases after that, because they pretty much just let people who have COVID continue on with their life if they have no symptoms and that seems to be what's been going on in various countries around the world it's not a case that they're still continuing to test 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 a lot of countries and in particular thailand once the rate starts to decline they stop testing businesses are not going to test they're not going to take on that extra financial liability that's just something they're not going to do so unless the government mandate and supply test kits for them, they're wasting their time and thinking that will happen. It won't. And that's a guarantee because I know how everything works in Thailand. Even if they did, it would last about a couple of weeks. And then in true Thai fashion, it would just stop being done. And that would be the end of it because there'll be never any follow up on it by the government. And that's the way things roll around here. Now up next, fire destroys popular Pattaya Club. A fire at Club Nasha, a popular Indian pub and restaurant in South Pattaya on Sunday night caused an estimated 50 million baht damage, police said. 10 fire engines and 100 firemen were called in to fight the blaze, which started about 9.30pm in the three-storey building on Walking Street. The fire was brought under control after midnight, but firemen kept spraying the site with water to prevent it flaring up again. The adjacent building also suffered fire damage. The inside of the building was gutted by the fire. There were no casualties. Damage was initially estimated at around 50 million baht. Police were questioning club staff. Forensic investigators were examining the charred building on Monday to establish the cause of the fire. Yeah, it was some fire. I was watching it live last night on Facebook. And yeah, it was some blaze. And it'll be really interesting to find out what the cause of the fire was and whether it's actually reported afterwards. But we'll see what comes up with this story in the next couple of days. Now our next story. 14% of COVID deaths had received first vaccine dose. A single dose of COVID-19 vaccine does not guarantee survival if infected, with 14% of fatalities having already received their first jab, according to disease control officials. The Department of Disease Control tracked the vaccination records of 13,637 fatalities across the country and found that 1,967 of them, or 14.4%, had already received a first dose. There were 107 deaths among people who had received two doses, or only 0.8% of the total, while 8,803 deaths, or 64.6%, had not been vaccinated at all, the survey found. There were 2,760 deaths, or 20.2%, that would not be categorized in any particular group due to having no vaccination record in the MoreProm database, or due to conflicting information, the department said. The department did not break down the figures for the different vaccines that are being used. The study covered the period July 25th to September 9, with people aged 60 or over being the majority. The results were released on Monday by the Center for COVID-19 Situation Administration. More than 60% of the fatalities tracked were in Greater Bangkok, and 5% were in Southern border provinces. They were considered the most dangerous areas attacked by the pandemic. Now I do find this quite interesting. It's just interesting they don't mention what vaccines they're talking about and I have a feeling it's a lot to do with protecting the darling Sinovac. Now I do still think that two doses or being fully vaccinated with Sinovac will protect you and save your life if you do get infected and a study out of Malaysia seemed to show that recently. It's not, I think, all that bad. A lot of countries don't have much choice, but at least it offers some kind of hope. 
Now, getting on to a survey that I ran a couple of days ago, and the question asked was, the Thai government has announced the launch of the Digital Health Pass. You will need this to fly, dine, enter shopping malls, etc. It will become part of your daily life. And the question was, do you kind of agree with this or disagree with it? So the results are in. We had 536 votes with 9% that were still undecided about it. 39% agreed with it with 52% disagreeing with it. So 52% disagreed with the introduction of a digital health pass. And I find that quite interesting because when I asked this question a few weeks ago, the majority of answers in the comment section were yes. But when we hold kind of an anonymous poll like this, it suddenly kind of swings the other way to no, you don't agree with it. Now, as I've said before, I'm in two minds about it because in the long run, maybe yes. But in the short term now, when only, you know, 10, 12 million people in Thailand are fully vaccinated out of 60 million, I don't agree with it because I just think it ends up discriminating against the majority of the country. And I do think that's wrong. It would be okay to introduce it if 70 to 80% of the country were fully vaccinated, but that's not the case. But also you see in the UK now, they've scrapped the idea of a digital health passport for entry into bars, clubs, and things like that, because they say there's no need for it. Now, I've tried to log into the digital health pass that's part of the More Prom app here in Thailand, and as yet, it's actually not working. So it'll probably be a couple of more weeks before it's up and going. But according to the government and the airlines, you will need this to be able to board flights and fly internally. So there you go. Anyway, just an update on the poll for you guys out there and the results. And now for the Phuket News Roundup. We had 245 confirmed COVID cases yesterday, the 12th of September. On that same day, 454 international passengers arrived at Phuket International Airport on seven flights. The flights were two Thai Airways, one Guatar, one Etihad, one Jetstar, and two Singapore Airline flights. As of July 1 to date, 31,635 international travelers have arrived using the Phuket Sandbox program. In relation to vaccinations of Phuket province, so far 430,686, that's 92%, have received one dose, and 379,042, 81%, have received a second dose and will be considered fully vaccinated. Now the vaccines used have been AstraZeneca and Sinovac, and now they're using Pfizer for third boosters for medical teams and frontline workers. In other Phuket news... Bypass expansion hoped to be completed by New Year. The expansion of the bypass road to include frontage roads for people to access businesses along the road front on each side is hoped to be finished by the end of the year, the chief of the Phuket Highways office has confirmed. And finally, virus scare sees PP self-isolate. Authorities have announced temporary restrictions to limit movement to and from PP Island in Krabi to curb the spread of the COVID-19 there. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.